0: good morning and welcome to grace Life Church uh, we are going to begin a, a new series today where are we are not we're not completely through teaching on spiritual warfare but we're near the end and then we're going to take what we need to say to finish that and put it on our Wednesday services and uh, but this morning we're going to talk about if you want a title, we're going to tie we'll call it the pathway to Victory the pathway to victory, and I want to start. If you have your Bible and uh, and go to Psalms 139, we're going to be in the Passion uh, the Passion translation this morning, so you may want to just watch the screen if you don't have the Passion translation. And I'm going to read several verses in here. Uh, Psalms 139. I think a lot of people really like this this psalm. Uh, it's just so powerful about life. Uh, you know, one of the one of the biggest questions that people have. Is, you know, why am I here? Is there a purpose in my life? You know, what, well, you know, I mean, is there meaning to my life? I think Psalms 139 just just really registers to that. So we're going to start uh, there in verse one of the Passion. Uh, Psalms 139 says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and my soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. Hmm. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step that I'll take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. I want you to remember that. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of the past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me that's just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings in the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Another Another key verse. Wherever you go, his hand will guide you. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you and to ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you use is as bright as the day. There's no difference between the two. You shape my innermost being shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully, shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I ever became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me. And you were, they were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Isn't that rich? That is so rich. How could you be an atheist? How could you say the Bible says the fool said in his heart there's no God? Uh, What what a comfort to know that uh, to know that the love of God and to know that not just that He is with us, but even before we were, He knows our very thoughts before we even think them. He knows the words that you speak before you say them. He knew the good joke, funny joke we was going to hear this morning before we before we got here this morning. Amen. I don't know whose door he's been knocking on lately, but anyway, this just kidding about Keith. <laughs> but I'm just kidding about that. You know, the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about wisdom for a moment. And the and, and, uh, Holy Spirit is also the spirit of wisdom, isn't he? And when you live with the understanding and when you live with the cognizance of the Holy Spirit with you, uh, you become very unpredictable to the devil. And that's a good thing that he hasn't got you figured out. You know, some people, he can just figure them out. He knows them. Nothing ever changes. And uh, and they're just always the same. But you and I ought be unpredictable to hell all the time. Mm-hmm. How many know Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus is the wisdom of God personified. We'll look at that later in other verses. In Hebrews 1, you can find that, that he is the wisdom of God. We know in 1 Corinthians one twenty one, and I'll just quote this, is for after that in the wisdom of God, The world, by wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel to save them that believe. We know as you continue to read that verse, and we'll look at it another time. It says that God chose the foolish things to confound the wise, to bring to naught that which was. was. So God in his wisdom and in his great understanding of all things he chose us before the foundation of the world and created you and made you with a, a marvelous future. And it's very important that we come, we come to know that and come to know the will of God that He has for your life, not just not just through your working years, but from the beginning to the very end. I think that we become the most valuable as we become older. I think there's different stages of life. Of course, you know, you're 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 a baby, you're adolescence, your childhood. All those are wonderful, your teenage years, but there's a great discovery in every, if you want to put life into three, three phases or four phases, those last two phases of life seem to become so much valuable. You are able to discern what's important sometimes and what not, what's not as important. You're able to make better decisions based on some just on natural wisdom. Now, we're not going to talk about natural wisdom a whole lot, but sometimes natural wisdom serves you very well. God gave you senses and sometimes when we you know, hear me or others preach about senses, we think like you know, that, that's, they're bad, bad, bad. No, God gave you senses. He didn't give you something that was bad, bad, bad. He just didn't give them for you to serve them but for them to serve you. Because I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I'm thankful for the senses. I'm thankful for the sense of smell because when I go to the refrigerator and I get some milk and if it's sour and I can't smell it, my nose may not, my nose may not know it but my stomach will and bring it right back up. So I'm thankful for all the senses. Well, there's a part of life that, you, as you live, as you're getting older, where you just accumulate some natural knowledge of life and, and some wisdom. You know, there's part, of, you know, parts of our life, and maybe even all that is still right now. There's things now that we still know maybe more what not to do than we know what to do. Is that true? For some of you, I mean, there's. You know, it's just, it's true of me. I mean, Brother Hagen always said, every time I thought I knew something and I'd finally kind of had almost arrived, he said, then I'd find within a few minutes, a few steps, he said, my feet or my head would be where my feet were just before. In other words, he'd fall down and find out, oh gosh, I don't know very much. And the more that you see that you don't know, the more that you know that you don't know. But Jesus is the, is the wisdom of God personified. He, he, he was uh, incarnate, he was invested in flesh. And how many know Christ? What does Christ mean? Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. And what is the anointing? Well, it's the burden removing, the destroying power of God, isn't it? So you can say this, Christ is the wisdom of God. So we're talking about the pathway to victory. So the wisdom of God is available to all of us at any age. If you're a child going to school and you're in the second grade or you're in high school, you you're you know you're getting ready for a test an exam hope that you studied i mean you can't I mean, you can't just trust god just to give you the answers i don't ever do my homework and i don't study and i'm looking for an a plus it, it may not work that way uh, thank god for mercy but you know he he expects us to apply ourselves and he'll help us with every decision that we have so the wisdom of god is uh, is available to all of us and, uh, because the, and, and it's very so close because he lives on the inside. So wisdom is not a thing. Wisdom is a person. Amen. That would help us to personal, personalize it. That wisdom, the wisdom of God, but wisdom itself is a person, not a thing. And, and wisdom is Jesus, and wisdom is also the Holy Spirit, who is the person who lives on the inside of us, right? And how many know he's all, all, always willing and ready to help us at all times? With any situation that you're facing today, the person of Holy Spirit on the inside, the brilliant person, the genius person is living on the inside. Now, we know that his wisdom is not natural. It's counterintuitive to almost everything that people do in life. When you read about the, the miracles of God in the Old Testament, and you see about them in the New Testament, but you, when you look at some of the miracles in the Old Testament, I mean, you, you just kind of confounded them. I, mean, you, I think, you know, why, why did God do it that way? I mean, it's not that, that that's the only way it could be done, but why did God choose to do it just that way? In other words, you know, the king who needed help, and he was dying, and the little servant girl, she said, well, there's a prophet, you know, and she said, you can go to him and he'll help you. Well, he didn't go to the prophet, he went to the king. The king said, why would, you, why would they send you to me? I mean, who do you think I am? So I sent him to the prophet and the prophet and all his wisdom, the prophet of God, the seer of God, the spokesman of God, he says to go, you know, go, go jump in the rivers, you know, kind of like go jump in the lake, except it wasn't a lake. It was a, it was no muddy pond. You might say, he says, jump in there seven times. Well, if he'd have had leprosy or cancer or something like that, a boils on his body and he went to a, a physician, would they tell to go jump in a muddy pond seven times in and out and that'd be the cure for it? Of course not. I mean, I don't know if God's just having fun with it, <laughs> saying, I could have told you to do anything. I could have told you to eat a red sucker <laughs> or or, or to lick a billy goat in the face like my Brother Matt did years ago. We we had the thing with, a, with the youth and uh, a challenge, and they, they, they met the challenge, and he had to kiss the, the goat right in the mouth. And, uh, gee, G wouldn't touch him for weeks and weeks and weeks, I heard. But anyway, but... So if you think about Moses and all the miracles there, and you think about, uh, you think about the guy, with, you know, he barred the axe, and here he is out swinging with the axe and cutting down trees. And you remember how the head of the axe came off and went into the, into the water? And, and what a commodity. And he said, oh, I'm in so much trouble, I'm in so much trouble, it goes to the prophet. He says, oh, he, man of God, what do I do? He says, throw another one in after it. Uh, okay. Well, he didn't know what to do, so they took another good one and threw it at the, at the one he lost. And then they both floated. Of course they did. That's, iron always floats to the top of the water. Of course it does. <laughs> does that make any sense to you? So when we approach God and we come to him with our conventional wisdom, well, sometimes he does use that, but, but, it, but when we limit God to that, sometimes we ask questions or prayers that God can't answer because we say, God, is it this way or is it that way? We never think to ask God which way is it. We just say, "Well, God, are you going to do it this way? Or you want to do it that way? You want me to go north, or or you want me to go south?" Well, He He might say, "Go west." And uh, so we de- sometimes we don't get prayers answered because we're not we're not asking something that He can answer in the way that we're framing the question to Him. So wisdom is not natural. His wisdom is not just m- mere mental intellect. It's not that. His wisdom is accurate, it's correct, it's infallible, it's uh, unchallengeable, it's higher in understanding than any other person or source. It's by wisdom that the world was created. By his wisdom, this is who we're dealing with. He's all-knowing, he's omniscient, he's all-powerful, isn't he? He knows all the events of this world from beginning to end. And he's overqualified as your personal counselor, or what some people call a life coach. And I'm not necessarily against the life coach, but maybe someone's definition. I mean, I'm not following. It's good to have people in your life who can help you, mentor you, help you, people with the wisdom. The Bible talks about that. But if you're going to have a life coach, I don't know any greater life coach than the word of God and the Holy, and Holy Spirit himself, who knows all things. Amen. So we, we we can have a whole lot of Bible knowledge. And that's good. It's, it's good to have knowledge. But knowledge by itself, uh, the scripture says, just puffs us up. We can like, man, I know a lot of stuff, man. I've been, I go to a word church, man, we get the word. We know some stuff. Well, well, you can have a lot of knowledge, but you don't have wisdom. You don't, you don't have the, the understanding and the application to apply it. So we need, uh, it's good to have knowledge, but you need wisdom flowing in it and through it. Some people have a lot of information, but they don't have revelation. And what we need to live by information you can have good days and you can have bad days. But when you have revelation, when something's revealed to you from heaven, then when you have revelation, you have illumination. Without revelation, you will never have illumination. and You'll always be in the place of just mental ascent and you'll just have to figure things out according to the, the senses of the mind. What makes sense naturally? What, what, what should I do here naturally? And so... Um, uh, there's just, there's we, we want to bring ourselves to a place to where we, even though we know these things, that we understand the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we understand the Trinity. I still believe it's, my, it's just my thinking, it's just a personal opinion that I think if there's one who gets less attention than all of them, I mean, you may disagree with me and that'd be fine, but I think the person that gets the least attention of the, of the Trinity is Holy Spirit. And he's the only one who's on the earth. And he's so close to you. How, how do you forget about the one? How is it, or how is he absent from our thinking if someone's living on the inside of you? You ladies who have, had, have given birth and you've given you know, to children, uh, when you got to a certain place of your pregnancy, did you not become very aware that there was some, someone living on the inside of you? It's, and did they kick every now and then? Did you feel the kick? I mean, I, I saw it one time. And obviously, I don't know what that's like. Thank God, in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. We was uh, years ago. We was we was with another couple on Friday night, and we were playing a game uh, at a table. And I think it was uh, what we were doing. Michelle was sitting in a chair, and just and uh, it was our firstborn, Chad, and, and man, he just, he kicked, I don't know how far along she was, but she just fell out of the chair. And she went, ah, she just fell out of the chair. And um, and they looked at me and thought maybe I, you know, it was playing some kind of card game. And I said, I didn't I didn't knock her over. I said, it's that kid of hers. <laughs> he did it. Well, you know, it's just, uh, I, I think at that point, you become very aware you know you get to a place to where you probably can't rest as well can't sleep when you get into the uh you know maybe the i don't know what month I'm not going to guess but, but as you get towards the end it becomes more uncomfortable doesn't it and uh and you're aware you can you know when we've you know having uh no, we 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 didn't have had them she she uh, she told me years ago she said you always say we have we've had four children or we had we had four children she said which one did you have But I was there all along the way in every delivery. And when we got to the hospital, she got to lay down, but they wanted me to stand up for the whole thing. I, I don't feel your sympathy, ladies. I don't feel it. And, uh, but anyway, uh, as, as you got toward the end, things become more you know, uncomfortable, but you're you, you really more cognizant that there's someone living on the inside of me. Well, we need to be, we need to have an understanding and remind yourself that we have someone from another planet, from another world living on the inside of us. Who's an absolute brilliant genius with all the wisdom of God. When you go back, we'll look at scriptures later on that, that talks about when, when, when the heavens and the earth was created in the universe, he says, I was there with him. He said, and I went and did. In other words, he said this and I did this. And so we want to, uh, you know, to live a life, uh, the pathway to victory. Then we need to seek his wisdom and we need to seek his guidance. Uh, Most people decide what they want to do in life and they they chart a course. And it's good to start that way. But the Bible says a man, you know, he plans his way, but the Lord orders the footsteps. It's it's right to have a plan. It's it's good. Uh, God expects us to start a plan. But in other words, but he may tweak your plan. He, he, he may guide you this way, and he might lead you this way. And if your experience is like mine, uh, it's going to be, and I'm not talking about, you know, what's combo to get it at the, at the, you know, fast food restaurant. I'm talking about something uh, that, you know, like if you're building something or you're going to venture into a, a, a business or going back to school or whatever it is that you're going to do that's going to be kind of life changing and altering you you may feel like this is the way to do it. it could be but you start on a plan you start on a path but if you're listening and you're asking for help you're going to hear some things sometimes it will not be conventional wisdom it just wouldn't be it would not be conventional wisdom I don't mind sharing this with you. I'll share this with you. When the Fethicus was here, uh, about a third of the church was gone, and, and I was in position to do it. He says, add up your offering and their offering and give them all of it. I was like, huh? <laughs> do, do, do what? Take take the church offering, tithes and offering, and the special offering, and give give the whole thing to him. That's like that's like a twenty five percent of our income for a month. Well, I I didn't say that to him, but you know you, your mind begins to think. Well, I I knew what he said. I heard him. I've come to know his voice. Well, I, I've got to make a decision because. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be with them and have lunch and they're going to go and I got to, you know, get things ready. So you, you can't say, well, you know, Lord, just, you know, you know, give me three signs and have 15 people. and Let an angel come down from heaven. So, so what do you do? You do what he said. Is that right? I think the money test is the one that people fail the most. Because hmm. it's the one that we made the Lord uh, sometimes we made the world and our jobs and our income our source or the government, whatever it is. and so. But, but I, I heard that on the inside. I, I heard this is the figure. And he, he didn't say it to me in such, that such a way, let's take years than that. Uh, he said, this is the amount. Well, the amount that came in wasn't anywhere near what he told me. It wasn't, it wasn't that it was bad, but it wasn't what he told me. So when I added the two, it basically was what he told me. So that's, so that's what we did. I've never thought about it one time. And I, and I wouldn't have thought about it there, but I just felt like he just brought it up to my thinking. and said, this is, that's what I'm talking about. It's not conventional wisdom. Amen. He said, well, well, now, what do you do from there? I said, well, we, we, we did it. It's none of my business. It's his business. It's his business. Amen. This is his ministry. It ain't mine. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's his responsibility. My job is just to obey. His job is to, to, to cause everything that we give obedience to, to work out all things work together for your good. To those who love God, according to his purpose. So we just follow that wisdom. Amen. You can't lose following the wisdom of God. You'll, you'll, you'll never go wrong following the wisdom of God. So sometimes before you maybe purchase a home or car, uh, get another job, you, you need to seek God. Spend time in prayer. Some things you pray out over time. Don't just, don't just go purchase and make a life offering decision. Don't, in, in other words, don't just marry a person and pray, and say, Lord, was that a good thing? Can I get like 10,000 amens on that? Don't yeah, just don't, don't marry, then ask the Lord what do you think? Well, I'm just saying, you know that, uh, I'm just saying 50 percent of people who get married get divorced. That, that sounds like a high ratio of failure to me. High, high ratio. Fifty of any, percent of anything. Do you know anything that 50 percent of what they do fails? You wouldn't take your car to the shop if 50 percent of them you know, turns out to be a bad job, would you? You wouldn't go to a restaurant where 50% of people get food poisoning, would you? You wouldn't go to a doctor where 50% of people he treats dies. They don't know why, but it just does. I mean, <laughs> I mean would you? You, you? you wouldn't go fly on airlines. and if, 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 I mean, I'll just pick one like Delta. If every other flight of Delta you know, goes down and crashes and burns, are you going to fly Delta? No. So marriage has a pretty, has a pretty predictable, so far, uh, devastating uh, results. Fifty percent of it ends in total failure. Why is that? Well, the people, you know, they just weren't right for each other. Well, uh, you can find that on the front end. But the world's changed so much now. People get together and have about four kids to see, if, and, then, and see if they're compatible. If they do, they might get married. Well, that's not that's not God's wisdom, is it? My, I, I should have got so many men right there. Praise the Lord. That's not law. That's just that's just word right? Who's your daddy? I don't know. Praise the Lord. Well, we need to know. So uh, we can develop a plan and some, most people do that. Then they they develop a plan. Then they have God to bless the plan. Well, that's the reverse order. In other words, find out the plan for your life. Find out the will of God for your life. Get the wisdom of God for your life, your home, your marriage, your business. Find out God's plan for that business and then do that because that's what's already blessed. But most people are doing the quite opposite. They're, they're going and doing devising the a plan and going away and asking God for success in it. That's not the way that it works. Find out what he's done, get involved in that, and that's what's already been blessed by him. The other way is just a natural way of thinking is what it is. So we look and we see and we feel and we talk to others, we get their opinion, and then we make a decision. But according to Isaiah 55, he says your thoughts and my thoughts, your ways and my ways, they're not the same. But they could be. If we renew our mind to the word of truth, they could be. Right? I mean, you can join the club of your ways and his ways are the same. His thoughts and your thoughts are the same. You can join that club. It's open. And then James James chapter 1, he says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally. So God wants us to have his wisdom. He said, but let him ask in faith and believe you. So sometimes spiritual things have to be explained and understood by the Holy Spirit to understand spiritual things. Because to the natural mind, they don't make any sense. So they have to be spiritually understood. And that's why we need wisdom and understanding. So how do you get the wisdom of God? What's one way to get the wisdom of God? Well, naturally, read the Word. Right? Live live the word. Live the word. So how do you you get the wisdom of God? Another another way is to to solve a problem. Say you have a problem you need an answer to, and you can't find explicitly in here, but you can't just turn to chapter and verse and it explains what you do in this situation. Well, you say, well, we just have to do our best. No. We, We still go to the source of wisdom. Who's the source of wisdom? Well, God is. But, but the one who lives on the inside of you, the genius who lives on the inside of you, the great, the great mighty spirit who lives on the inside of you, he can solve every problem. First Corinthians 14, you can write this down for reference, 14 says, He that prays in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. How it in the spirit? He's speaking mysteries. It might be a mystery to the world, might it be a mystery to you when you're praying, but it's not a mystery to him. See, most people, when they can go do something in their own ability, strength, might, or finances sometimes, they never even think to pray about it because they don't need they don't need, a, they don't need him to do something for them to do that. If I want to eat at Jack's today or Longhorn's today, I can do either one of them. I, won't, I don't have to sit in here and believe God to, to get there financially. I remember plenty of times in my life that I did. That we went home and had a jam sandwich. Some sort of us jam, well, you get two pieces of bread and you hope there's something to go in the middle and jam it together. <laughs> That's what a jam sandwich is. <laughs> How many of you ever had tomato sandwiches? A little mayonnaise. Still ain't mad at them. How about a pineapple sandwich? Still ain't mad at them. But, you know, <laughs> there's days that there ain't no pineapple. How many you ever had a bread sandwich with butter? Because there wasn't they no tomatoes and there wasn't no pineapple and there wasn't no meat, there wasn't no ham, there wasn't no turkey. You just did what you had to do. Well, you know, so you can get to the place to where we're not, you know, believing God for bread and peanut butter and all that kind of stuff and milk and bananas, but here, but here we are. In other words, we're, 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 now we're doing kingdom in this. We're, build, we're, we're building and helping people around the world. We're building churches and helping people around the world. And it gets beyond our, our means within this house. But he says, but are you, are you someone who will help with that? Because this is what I want done. But will you help with that? In other words, in other words, he says, because I will give seed. If, if you're going to sow, then I will give a seed to the sower. Now, you know how that, that scripture goes out. Because he said, not, not only will he give you the seed to sow, but he'll multiply the seed that you did sow. So there'll be enough for, for the one that you're sowing it to and the one who gave it. And the one who sowed it, he said, it'll come back and multiply to you. But he's the one who gave you the seed to sow. So here, God said, I, 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 "I'll give you the money, you know, to open up the IRA, and then I'll bless you in the IRA." Well, go down to any of the banks, any financial too. say, I just like to start an IRA, a, a C.I.A., a, you know, not, not C.I.A., but whatever all the initials are. Open, up, you know, get a CD, whatever. They don't give you the money to get started with, do they? Go to a financial planner who you know who, who you know, and say. I'd like to, you know, start something, things, and whatever, and this is what I want to be and where I want to be in life at this age. And he'll say, okay, it'll it'll, it'll require this investment. Okay, well, well, do you give me that to start with? Well, he's going to look at you like, are you nuts? Right? See, convention of wisdom, God says, all I want to know is, are you going to be a sower? And if you don't have the finances, but you want to help, and when I'm asking that, you know, what, what he wants to do? He said, I'll give you seed to sow, and then I'll multiply what you sow. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, then if you don't believe that, then how, how can you believe in heaven? See, it's the same thing. People say, well, what, I mean, what do you mean from that to heaven? If you can't believe God, one part of what God says, how are you going to believe anything God said?" You ever heard someone say, that person lies so much, you can't believe anything they say? Well, if God lies in one part, he's a liar in all of it. So I believe he gives a seed to sow. He did that when, when the house was built over there. We wasn't more going to build a house. And I was like, dear God, how are we going to build a church? He says, well, what? And then he told me about halfway through the church. He said, where's he going to live? How's he going to get there? I, I said, well, I, I went the next day and I said, how, how are you going to get there? He said, well, I have to take a taxi. I said, how much that cost? Well, it costs so much. I said, so you're going to have to buy a taxi back and forth every day to go back and forth and gas and all that. I mean, how much is it going to cost? He says, I don't know, Pastor West. He says, more than I got. And I said, is there a room on there to, for a house one day? He said, they said that I could build a, enough room on my, it was his land, you know. So the Lord says, well, where do you want him to live at? I says, well, why are you asking me? <laughs> it's like, I'm just believing God to get the, a church. I never built a church in my life. I mean, <laughs> I'm renting a building. He owns one. <laughs> I said, Lord, did you know I'm renting a building? He says, I do. He said, I know everything. I said, oh, okay. I just want to, say, I just want to know that you, you do know I'm renting a building, right? And he owns a house and and, and a building, and they're, and they're paid for. He says, well, isn't that what you always wanted people to have? I said, yeah. He says, well, then we just, he said, now you know how to do it. Yeah. So when we get through all this, we're going to pay for all my stuff. That's good. That's good. No, but anyway. So he said, "You know, where's he going to live?" Well, I I just told and said, "This is what God wants to do." I didn't ask. I mean, you've you never known me. Probably the one thing I don't do, and it's really been a disservice to all of you, and I know that, so I apologize. I don't hardly preach on biblical finances the way that I should, and I got to start. I got to. got to do. I got to make that right. It's not that I'm. It's not that I'm. Uh, I, I, I guess I just see, and I guess you do too, if you got Christian television, I mean, I wouldn't call all of it Christian. They might call it Christian television. Some of it, I wouldn't. Some of it, I'd rather watch the Monsters or the Adams Family if I had to pick between the two. You know, because you can get some people on there and ask them for things, and after a while, they can put some verses together and give you 14 miracles what happened when someone did this and said, you know, when you let go what's in your hand, God let go what's in his hand. Man, when he does that, I'm through right? You don't, you, they're not supposed to mostly have to give into things. You can throw up pictures of all kinds of stuff. You can give me testimonies when you did this, you know, and then you're sitting there watching it at one o'clock in the morning, you can't sleep, and all of a sudden turn the television on, and you say, Lord, tell me, you know, before the television came on. And, and this has happened to you. I know it's happened to me, because so I know you've seen it somewhere. I won't mention any of the names, because you know them. You'd probably know who I'm talking about. But, I, but, but I've watched programming like that at one or two o'clock in the morning, woke up and couldn't go to sleep. And it says before the program, the Lord said there'd be 300 people that would give this much money. And this is what's going to happen. Well, I found out that program was five years old. And they showing it like three times a week. So the, he didn't tell on the front end five years ago it'd be three times a week for five years. And look, like you, you you need to break through. You need a miracle, and you, you like all that. And like, well, there's the testimonies, and you know. And I don't want to sit here and disobey God. but I need help, and you know, like, and if I let go, of what's in here? I mean, this ain't enough to do it. So if I just let go of this, well, there there's a principle in there that's absolutely right to sowing and reaping, but not when someone's trying to take a crowbar to your hands to get it out. The Second Corinthians, he said, he said, uh, he said, God loves a cheerful giver. So when you're mailing the check and you're crying. He, he don't want you giving under compulsion. I've had ministers years ago, and I'll be real careful about this. I've had people come, and you know, and 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 the, and and uh, they would call people in the church and say, "I'm going so this year, and I, and I need support. And, and And how much can I count on you for this year?" Then I would get multiple calls, and you know, they want to complain, but there's like that, that's just uncomfortable. So I called the person. Eventually I had to call the person. And uh, I said, now how do how you, how you get your support? They said, well, we do it this way and do it that way. And they said, it works really good. I said, well, it, I, that's not, that ain't the best way to do that. They said, well, it's working really good for us. And I said, no, it ain't working good for you at all. And let me tell you why. Because I can't tell you about anybody else's church. But when you're calling other people's members of their church and you're asking them directly because they've helped you before and now you want to know how much you're going to help them this year, and how much? And they don't know. And he said, well, how about if I call you three days? I mean, they, they give you no time to pray and ask. I said, that's, that's, that's not the way God does things. And I said, so I'm going to ask you not to ever call any people in the church again. When, so if, I, if, we, if you're going to do that, I'll talk to the people. Or if you ever come here and minister and we give, it'll, it'll happen that way. But do not call the, the people of the church any longer. And, and it wasn't rude about it. And I don't know if they understood or not, but It stopped. Well, later on, he found out that, that that was what was going on in several other churches, and the people were uncomfortable. He, he wasn't doing it maliciously, just didn't know. Just didn't know, and it looked like it was working. And I said, then, you know, you're going to run into a problem because pastors also have other things in their church. You know, maybe they need to do something in the church that's going to require a project, whatever. But you went around and asked for everybody's money before. <laughs> so the pastor, they do something in their own church. I mean, they already gave to your mission to, you know, buy a ship to go somewhere. So, I'm, so it actually helped the person. Didn't want to do the confrontation, but it actually helped the person. And now they never do that. They laugh, say, so I can't believe I was just so unknowing. And I said, well, it's, it's, it's fine. I, th- there's a lot of things I don't know. Because it, it, can, it can look like conventional wisdom is working, but, that, but that's not the way to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, w- 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 would, you want, would you want Brother Copeland calling you? I mean, you, you might like to talk to him personally. Would you like to call him every week and say, you know, we'd like you to give. And, and then, uh, would you be giving $1,000? Can you give $1,000? He said, well, I, 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 I well, I'll tell you what, I'll call you back Thursday and you let me know. If he called you every month, after a while, you wouldn't want to talk to Brother Copeland. Would you? No, you can be led and give that way. I don't know how come we got off it. Y'all pulled me way off over there somehow. But anyway, no, we we, we pray in the Spirit. So when you pray, the Bible says when you pray in unknown tongues, you're praying out mysteries. Things are getting solved. Uh, Proverbs 8 says wisdom is the principal thing. We'll look at these verses later on. But wisdom, Proverbs 8, once is, uh, pr- uh, wisdom is the, is the principal thing, which means it's the main thing. And when you have the main thing, you have the key to everything. So you can walk in the natural and you can miss spiritual realities. Uh, your spirit has been given a language, a supernatural language that you can talk to God who is a spirit. You can talk to him because you are a spirit. You can talk to God on his level. Spirit to spirit. And speak out divine mysteries when you're praying in other tongues. Romans 8 said he bears witness with your spirit. And then he takes the things of God, which are Christ, and then he trans- transmits them to your spirit. You can, then you'll have a knowing on the inside. You'll you, you just have a knowing what to go do about this. thing. It makes it real to you. Makes him a reality to you. It's not a theology or a creed or a doctrine, but he can take the things and make it a reality to you. I mean, and I didn't want to use that example, but say, look, you know, look what we did, or that we even had to do it. I mean, there are, I mean the offering two weeks ago, it wasn't that it, was, it, was, it wasn't that it had to be added to or needed to be added to. But before I got here, he told me what to give. And that's not what came in the offering. But, if I, but I found out if I added everything for the day, ours and his, it came to that. Where am I going to find that in the, in the verse? So, Take thy first offering, add it to thy second, jam them together. <laughs> See, I mean, it, is that a verse? It's not. Where do you get that from? From the greater one on the inside of you. I don't know. That may be the exact math that he needed that they were believing God for. I had just got through saying at the end of the service that that God wanted us to be a makeup church. Maybe I need to quit saying that so much. (laughs) Well, if you can be a makeup church, then then, then it's on his side to make up to the makeup church. Amen. Isn't that good? So I'm safe on either side. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Aren't you? So, he makes things real to you. He gives you spiritual insight into divine secrets and strategies that will cause you to experience victory on every side. The moment that you yield to the Holy Spirit, the moment that you say yes, you step into the realm of the Spirit. That's what you're doing. Wisdom is imparted by revelation. Now you're living in the Spirit by the Spirit. And you're not living just by information. Praise God. God is so good. So there's nothing that where you're at in life that you're stuck today. There's no. There's not a place that you can't say, uh, we would come this place and we can't go any further. Or you have a situation about to come up in your life, your home, your marriage, your kids, whatever it is, your employment, whatever, whatever it is. God's on the front end of this thing. When, when we pray and we seek counsel, it's not when he finds out about it. Remember, Psalms 139, before you, I don't know how, before you was in your mother's womb, he knew you. He knew your every step before you even talked. If we're here in November, he knows the words. You're going to speak November, the pick a day, it don't matter. Election day. He knows a few words. I'll speak election day in November, mid-elections. But anyway, I'm just saying he knows everything that we're going to do but way before we ever get to that time or that moment. He knows the potential of it, in other words. He knows what's possible. He knows what we can do. He knows what's available to us. He knows what we can draw upon. He knows he'll teach us how to draw out the counsel of God That's actually in the word and in your spirit and draw that out and make it applicable for today. To how do I take care of this matter? How do I, how how do I do this with my family? How how do I do this with my business? Lord, if, if if, uh, I'm I'm in business because you gave me a business and you blessed me with a business. So if you're the president of of this business, then, then what, then, then what are, what do we do if you're the president? Hmm. You got to have three people. To, you know, to have a corporation. You need, you need a president, a vice president, and you need a secretary and treasurer. Be the note taker. Take minutes. Say, so you be the president and and, and uh, say, let's have four on the board. Let's have the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and, and, and y'all just let me in the room if you don't mind. Or just send me the notes and tell me what happened afterwards. I'm telling you, you're walking a level of wisdom and counsel I'm just trying to bring your awareness today back. If you're going to walk in victory, we've got to, be, we've got to remind ourselves of who we are and what's in us and who's in us. Amen. Amen. And when we do that, we'll become more conscious of every decision that we're making. Is this the right path? Is this the right thing? I mean, this look like what you're supposed to do? I mean, is this really what we're supposed to do? Is, is this really the best way? Is this just kind of what we're going to do next? Or is this, I mean, is, is this really the future of what we're supposed to take? Some, some things you make, some decisions you make for some people are life-changing. It's not that they, you know, we've all made mistakes and God helps us with that. But sometimes it takes a while to get back to where you were by some mistakes. Sometimes, some things you don't over, you know, you don't, you know, by, by, by not seeking counsel and not seeking wisdom and, and doing things, I mean, thank God he helps us and forgives us and he can turn it around but some things don't turn around overnight let's get the wisdom ahead of time Amen. let's find out what the word of God is on the end time it, won't, it, it, it is very seldom be conventional wisdom I won't say it won't ever but a lot of times the Lord says you know exactly what to do now no, just go do it but a lot of times you're going to have to you know uh, finish with a story I'll Give you. I don't think he'd mind me telling this uh, in Tuscaloosa, where Pastor Bill's church is, uh, he sold the building in Coker years ago, or leased it for a while, but it's been sold now. And uh, and he was on Highway 69, and wanted to move. I mean, uh, everything in a college town is always always way expensive, obviously. And uh, so um, he, the building where he was at, they really weren't pleased with where they was at. So he said, I was just driving downtown and went to the courthouse to go do something and i'm just praying about our next move i mean we, we 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 need to make a change and he said uh i'm just driving back back home we're back to you know the church and he says he says and i i passed uh a building saw the court of mine it was a church name it was the nazarene church was it a four square i forget what it is Naz- nazarene. nazarene church he said i just passed by and he said uh he said, I heard on the inside, he says, stop, turn around, go back there. He said, uh, the pastor's there. They have, uh, they have room for, for you to have a church there. And he says, uh, and they're seeking help. He said, huh? What, do what now? So I mean, he just stopped his car and he's like, do what? But, so he turned around and saw this building and there was like the old church and foyer or whatever you want to call it you know like a breezeway between that and the new sanctuary and this you know it's probably 15 people you know that all in their elder years and and they really just can't pay their rent utilities and they got this whole six thousand square feet they're not even using and so he's paying almost four thousand dollars a month plus plus utilities to be on highway 69 so he he asked the pastor about it and he says well he says uh yeah we we had just talked about that. He said, it, it would help us tremendously if we, if we could rent this out. He said, uh, we just can't pay the utilities. And if anything tears up, we've got no way to fix it. He said, well, how about I pay your, your utilities and mine, and I'll give you $100 a week. He said, well, let me ask the church folks. So he asked him, and he didn't wait a week. He called him back the next day. He said, we, 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 we want it. We'll do it. He said, you, he said you, you know how much my rent is now a month? I said, about, he said, about $800. He said, I have a better building than what I was in. I was paying $4,000. And now he says, uh, I just, I'm paying both our utilities and getting $100 a week. And he says, and they're just a so happy man. We can, we can uh, go do things we want to go do and fix things up or, you know, in the building they need to. Well, where, where do you get that from? I mean, you're just you're, you're just seeking God, praying about you know what do I do? And you just hear turn around and join this other church. They have like, it's like two churches in one building. I mean, I guess the Lord knew about that church somehow. I, I don't know. He might have knew their financials. I, I don't know that either. It, it's all. It, I mean, this is my last closing. But watch here. Now, I've said this before, but I don't want to teach this yet until I have, you know, you, know, you, you shouldn't really teach something, Brother Hagin said, until you know it, you've studied it out, and, you, and you've walked it out. But it looks like God knows everything. Amen. Right. I'm not ready to just come out with that, just that bow, but it, it just looks like he knows everything. Amen. What do you think? Amen. I didn't make anybody mad when I said that, did I? you know, I don't have a series out on just yet, but it looks like he knows just about everything. So you can trust his counsel, amen? Well, God bless you. We'll we'll, we'll talk more about this. And uh, y'all have a a blessed week. I call you happy, blessed, sassy, and and, uh, whatever it takes. Y'all have a great day.